It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. And boy, you couldn't be on topic. That's right. We have a cardiologist in the house at St. Mary's Comprehensive Cardiology. Yes, all our hearts are beating a little faster these days. But to talk about that and a lot more, we welcome in Dr. Nisha Gandhi. How are you, doctor? Good. How are you, Mr. Foxwell? Oh, we are uh, We are just maintaining doing the best we can here and all this uh, stuff going on out there. And certainly you're probably uh, as busy as well at St. Mary's, right, doing, uh, doing the work, good work out there. Yep, hopefully just uh, taking care of patients the best we know how. You bet. Uh, You've been with them how long, doctor, with the St. Mary's? Uh, So I started in December of 2018, so a little bit over a year and a couple months now. So have you seen a lot of things, done a lot of things, and you you sort of got the the lay of the land, and do you like the fit that uh, you have there at St. Mary's? Yeah, you know, everyone here at St. Mary's and at Comprehensive Cardiology, uh, they're amazing providers. Yep. Um, the nurses and, and other doctors I work with, as well as nurse practitioners, are amazing. Uh, hospital staff are, are awesome as well. You need that teamwork and uh, get that information flowing. And uh, that's one of the things about St. Mary and others, that really from the navigators to the nurses to the uh, x-ray techs and everything, giving you all that information before you can move forward and you're in the cardiologist business, uh, in the heart business. There's no waiting around, right? It's, you're on call you know, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Teamwork is essential to yep. providing outstanding care to all of yeah. our patients. And we're, we're talking a, a pretty heavy topic here called congestive heart failure. And when, you, when somebody says failure on the end of it, uh, it'll get your attention, to be sure. Let's just uh, start with the definition of congestive heart failure, doctor, or CHF, or however you want to describe it. Yeah, so um, congestive heart failure, or these days we just call it heart failure, um, is certainly a really scary term. Um, Hopefully, you know, I'll be able to provide some assurance to people uh, through our conversation today. But um, really what that refers to is uh, a heart muscle weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it may be interesting to know for some of your listeners that the heart is actually a muscle and and it can get weak over time or um, just suddenly. Yeah, through blood flow, lack of blood flow or uh, things like that, anything uh, could uh, block up the process to cause that? Yeah, Yeah. so the heart is a muscle. Um, It gets blood flow from the arteries uh, that surround the heart muscle. Um, The heart has a couple of other components, too. It has an electrical system um, as well as a couple of valves, four to be precise. So any of those areas of the heart could become damaged or develop problems, and then that can ultimately lead to um, the heart muscle being weak, or it could go in the reverse order. The heart muscle itself could become weak and lead to other problems. Right. Uh, is it uh, left side versus right side? Is there is there a difference, doctor, or one one uh, more fatal than the other, or or less risky than another, or or what? Have the left side, right side kind of comp- component there on, on congestive heart failure. Yeah, great question. So, um, as I alluded to earlier, there are four chambers uh, in the heart, and two on the right side and two on the left side. 
Um, and there are differences in types of heart failure based on, you know, what chamber is affected. Um, we know quite a bit more about left-sided heart failure than we do about right-sided heart failure. Mm. Um, what a patient may experience when they have left versus right-sided heart failure um, can be slightly different, but overall a patient may just feel fatigued and short of breath. They may have some swelling in their legs or even up into their belly. Um, and overall, the difference between left and right-sided heart failure is important from a treatment and prognosis standpoint. Right. For for me, uh, you get to become a, a little more of an expert when stuff happens to you. For me, I, in the past 25 years, I, I had a dilated cardiomyopathy. And uh, uh, just like you're talking about the fatigue, you just felt like your the timing chain on your car was missing. We just off a beat or whatever. And there was some fluid buildup, and I had to get that out of there. And then they took a thing called the injection fraction, which is what a, the how much how much index of how much you're pumping, right? And that's they they threw a lot of terms at me there in a short period of time. But uh, yeah, you become yeah you become uh, a little a lot uh, a lot more knowledgeable when things start happening right in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, as you mentioned, the ejection fraction, yep. uh, just for the listeners out there, that is a um, common term when we're describing a certain type of heart failure, um, mm. meaning the heart is not pumping well. And we typically measure an ejection fraction with an ultrasound of the heart or an echocardiogram. I suspect you, Mr. Foxhall, yes. had, had more than a few <laughs> echocardiograms. More than a few. Yeah, and, and also the, the on the back end of it was the limitations of salt and dietary restrictions in order to make the make it uh, make the heart work a lot less. So and, yep, that's that's a mainstay of how we treat um, left sided uh, heart failure or systolic heart failure yeah. um, because people, as you mentioned, can fill up with fluid. And what I like to tell my patients is, you know, salt. Um, is quickly followed by fluid. So yes. if you can reduce your salt intake, um, there's a better chance that, you know, you will experience less swelling and um, mm. it can go a long ways to helping reduce blood pressure as well. Yes. And then the, the old dreaded, the old days of the uh, right there, uh, uh, right into the fem femoral artery there, where they used to take pictures. Now they can do it with your wrist, right? The, uh, I forget the, the, I forget the title of it where they would get a, uh, uh, a picture of what was going on, whether it was a blockage or what it wasn't. Those are those. You, are, you got it. Yeah. Yep. So we've come a long way yeah. um, in diagnosing heart failure and other mm -hmm. cardiac conditions. And um, you know, before during a cardiac catheterization, that's which is the, the one procedure. Yeah, I had that one too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, they would go through the groin and, and take pictures, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, nowadays, we can go through the wrist, and recovery periods are much shorter. And I. I suspect yeah. patients are a little bit happier. <laughs> yes, we don't have to sit on our flat on our back for twelve hours. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, before we go to break, who's at risk? I mean, there's. Uh, I was, you know, barely forty-one, and I wasn't even a candidate for this stuff. But somehow, either a virus or something got there and uh, kind of messed up the uh, machinery in there. It can happen to anybody at any time. Really, it doesn't really discriminate on age. But who's? Is there a group that's at most at risk? Diabetics yeah. or anything like that? Right. Great question. So um, the most common cause of uh, congestive heart failure or heart failure is 
um, developing a heart attack. Um, mm. So those who have blockages in their arteries and then suddenly that artery becomes completely blocked off, that heart muscle really is quite damaged and can die actually. Mm. Um, so preventing heart attacks is really important, which um, means the risk factors for developing heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, obesity and, and diabetes all contribute to developing heart failure, as well as smoking. Oh boy, I bet you how many how many lectures have you have you had on t- telling people to stop smoking? Is it has to be in the millions probably? <laughs> yeah, right? quite quite a few. And and to be honest, it's the thing that I tell patients um, they have control over and is the single most important thing they can do to advance their health is is to quit smoking. You got it. We're with Dr. Nisha Gandhi, cardiologist, St. Mary Compre- uh, Comprehensive Cardiology. We're talking congestive heart failure. A lot of great information. We'll be back with Dr. Gandhi coming up. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see, that's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash heart. When you want to relax, go to Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spas. They make relaxation affordable and convenient. Whether you want a rejuvenating massage or a refreshing facial, Hand and Stone is the place to go. Introductory massage or facial start at just $59.95. Visit handandstone.com or one of their 50 locations throughout southern New Jersey, Delaware, and Pennsylvania including the Lehigh Valley. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. That's right, and our pulse is down. We are calm, we are cool, and with Dr. Nisha Gandhi as well from uh, St. Mary uh, Comprehensive Cardiology. uh, Doctor, did you get into cardiology? Uh, Was it a mission, a calling, just more interest, family members? How how did you get involved with uh, cardiology, and that was your chosen profession? So uh, my first uh, few months in med school, we started learning about um, the heart and hearing about the electrical system and EKGs, and it sort of sparked my interest, and it um, was history from there, basically. The calling was there, and that cardiology, and look where it's come from uh, since when you started and where you are now, that's for, that's for sure. Is there, uh, Doctor, with the, uh, uh, with the congestive heart failure, are blood thinners a part of the mix as well in the aftermath? Could that be a, could that be a fix as well? Because there's also, with some heart failure, risk of stroke, right? Yes, so um, sometimes uh, patients who have heart failure develop uh, atrial fibrillation, which in and of itself is also a very common cardiac condition. Yeah. Um, And that uh, diagnosis of atrial fibrillation is often associated with the need for blood thinners, as you mentioned. Um, Sometimes when the heart is really weak, um, clots, blood clots can form inside the heart muscle. Um, and unfortunately, the heart is a um, very powerful muscle that, if a blood clot were to form, can fly off and cause a stroke. And so if we do pick up on a blood clot in the heart muscle itself, um, we often recommend patients to go on blood thinners for X period of time um, to reduce their risk of having a stroke. Go Eliquis. That's, <laughs> that's the one of choice. That's what I have. Up from Coumadin. Much better. 
the, 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 the medications, I think, are better than they were. Don't you think so, doctor? Then uh, over time, I think they, they address more things and you used to have to take uh, uh, blood, you know, protein tests and everything. But with Eliquis, you don't have to do all that kind of stuff. So, uh, And you're, you're free to eat a few more leafy greens than you were before with, with cumin. And so I think there's a more leeway with the, some of the medications on, on diet. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think um, I came into the field of cardiology and an amazing time where we really have um, developed advancements in our pharmacologic therapy or our drug mm-hmm. therapy for patients. Um, you know, much to maybe some patients' dismay, um, they are having pills for breakfast. Um, yes. But there are quite a few drugs out there that in, you know, thousands of patients when they've studied them have reduced the risk of dying, reduced the risk of symptoms developing and causing patients to have to be hospitalized. So from, you know, the medical community standpoint, I think um, we're quite lucky that we have this as an offering these days. No question. Uh, Dr. Gandhi, one of the things I was going to ask you for uh, those in AFib, is it wise to try to convert to back to regular sinus rhythm? Uh, they, they gave up with me. They said, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't kick in. Is there a kind of a, a test or an eyeball test there or Something that uh, says, yes, we can try this, or no, uh, we should not. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, you know, atrial fibrillation is commonly associated with heart failure. Um, During the initial uh, pickup of atrial fibrillation, often Mm. we will try to um, what we call convert patients from atrial fibrillation back into the normal conduction system, which we refer to as normal sinus rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, Patients often feel better when they are not in atrial fibrillation. Unfortunately, that link between when patients kind of chronically are in atrial fibrillation and can no longer be converted and their heart failure is not full, fully understood. Um, but if we pick it up, we, we try our best to get patients out of it as quickly as possible. Yeah, probably age would be a factor to a 25-year-old versus a, a 67, which I am. It would probably, probably be a, a different ball game altogether, would you say? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, with atrial fibrillation, we know that it occurs in patients as, as we all get a little bit older. Right. Are there, are there screenings or any kind of tests that, because uh, who knows, you get, a, you get a physical and all of a sudden you get a, uh, you think you're doing pretty well, all of a sudden th- something comes back a little wacky, uh, you know, walking around with stuff you may not even know. Uh, there are symptoms that are kind of secret uh, where the silent killers, you know, right, the high blood pressure and things like that, uh, that uh, that would be very uh, good. Can screenings are available for congestive heart failure? Or what what could that uh, what could that do? And how what you what would you be looking for? So screenings are not specific for heart failure per se. Mm. Um, in terms of screenings, though, um, and the risk factors we talked about earlier, I think it's really important to get screened for high blood pressure, as you mentioned. Mm. Um, high blood pressure can be asymptomatic. Um, people can walk around with high blood pressure and, and not even know it or not feel it. But over time, um, the heart muscle um, has to work harder when it's working against high blood pressure. So, you know, if you see your primary care provider periodically and your blood pressure is assessed and they find it to be high, um, it's important to talk to them about ways to reduce that, um, whether mm-hmm. it's 
through medication, low salt intake, um, exercise, um, maybe weight loss if you're carrying around some extra weight. Um, uh, also, screening can include um, getting screened for diabetes, particularly if you carry extra weight around. Mm. Um, so while there is no specific screening for heart failure, um, it's important to be screened for the risk factors that can lead to heart failure. Right. I've noticed the, as a broadcaster, I, uh, my language is a lot less salty than it used to be. So maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's a good thing, too. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> when you... Um, when you uh, most, I would say, doctors I've been to, man, they love the blood work, uh, the the workups, the cholesterol, the lipid profiles, all those kind of stuff. Does does that aid in in your treatment and gives you kind of a roadmap, doctor, on what to look for? Is blood work a, a, a something that you'd be interested in, in, in having your patients do? Absolutely. I think the patients that come see me in the office know that they're pretty much going to get some slips for some blood work at some point from me. (laughs) They don't get Um, out. Okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, the heart is an incredibly important organ. Um, As you know, we've talked about during um, this period of time, it's a muscle and its job is to pump blood to the other organs in your body, your kidneys, your liver, your brain. Um, And, you know, what I'm looking for in that blood work is uh, a sense of what your other organs are doing. And sometimes um, the blood work can suggest uh, how your heart is functioning um, without an ultrasound of your heart or without an EKG that gives me a clue about what we need to do. Also, it's really important to monitor um, the effects of your kidney um, on how drugs are processed um, and other abnormalities that we can pick up in the blood work. Um, based on the drugs that we utilize to help people feel better and live longer for heart failure. Nice. Yeah, there uh, there are certain ways to treat it. I mean, uh, that you were just mentioned a few of the blood work and the losing the weight, and also alcohol is probably not going to help you much either. Smoking, you can put the the big three together. And uh, uh, what's recovery like though for with the different treatments i mean there, we've 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 been over a few of them but uh, there's always a plan in there for for uh, somebody different age or build or, or do men and women have a different recovery uh timeline or uh hindrances is there difference between gender that you found out doctor so um, it depends on what type of heart failure you have. You may have a weakened heart muscle um, compared to a heart muscle that has difficulty relaxing, and, and I u- utilize the analogy of a rubber band, mm-hmm. kind of like a rubber band that gets stiff. Um, we do see that in the patients that have a stiff heart or heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, um, that, that tends to occur more in people who are older, um, that tends to occur more in women um, mm. than men. In terms of recovery, um, that sort of depends, again, on what type of heart failure you have, left-sided versus right-sided, as you mentioned earlier, or heart failure with preserved versus reduced ejection fraction. Mm. Um, and recovery for some um, can be complete um, that we tend to see rarely, but I would say the majority of people who are diagnosed with heart failure have it for most of their life and really should be considered a chronic medical condition, much like high right. blood pressure or potentially diabetes. Right. We're talking with Dr. Nisha Gandhi, cardiologist, St. Mary 
Comprehensive Cardiology talking uh, CHF. That's a big word. It's a lot of letters. That means congestive heart failure. Do we have your attention? I hope so. And we're coming right back. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So the St. Mary orthopedic team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho. Energy costs are skyrocketing. Now is the time to upgrade your old heater and air conditioning systems to more efficient units to save on your utility bills. Harris Comfort can also handle all your propane needs, as well as providing sales and service on whole house generators. Harris Comfort is still family-owned and has been serving our area for over 60 years, providing sales, service, installation, and peace of mind. Call 215-788-4596 or go to harriscomfort.com. Harris Comfort, still family and still local. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. And we're on the line with Dr. Anisha Gandhi, cardiologist, St. Mary Comprehensive Cardiology. If you need more information, you can visit the website, stmaryhealthcare.org. But we're in consultation with the good doctor right now. And sometimes, uh, doctor, in... Uh, you feel something. You all of a sudden you feel uh, you, know, you, you lie down and you, it's hard to it's hard to breathe. And that means uh, you got a little fluid in there. What exactly is that? And uh, I guess Lasix to the rescue, huh? For for something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So when the heart muscle is weak, um, sometimes fluid can build up and and sort of in the back is what we call it, but into the lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will develop shortness of breath. It may start, you know, maybe at night when they're laying down, they notice it. And then if left untreated, can progress to causing shortness of breath even at rest. Mm-hmm. So the treatments that we utilize um, are what we call diuretics, um, and they're drugs that help uh, you to pee off all that extra fluid. Yeah, that's yeah. You, you make a lot of trips with your friends into the bathroom there <laughs> with the IV stuff. So sure, it says walk gets a little faster and faster every time, but uh, that's a that's a part <laughs> yeah. of the deal. But, right, yeah. right, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but that uh, that'll get you cleaned up and back working a little bit, and uh, that's that's key. Right, when all of a sudden you got that uh, feel like somebody's you know got a hand on your on your back there and you can't breathe. That's a, that's not a good sign, too. No, I'm sure it's it's very frightening and scary for people to feel. Yeah, and is the, does any kind of electrolytes? Uh, I know they have the Gatorade working when uh, when that happens too to try to restore some of that. You're you said it's an electrical kind of thing, too, so you you uh, take all that Lasix, and pretty soon you're as dry as a bone, but then, you know, you have to be hydrated for all the time, and hydration is very important, isn't it, doctor, Through uh, uh, for, for uh, heart care, health care, uh, uh, being uh, um, uh, properly hydrated at all times? Yeah, so it can be a tricky balance to achieve in patients who suffer with uh, heart failure, yep. um, sort of cleaning the body out, as you referred to, of Mm -hmm. the excess fluid and balancing 
um, keeping yourself hydrated. Uh, for patients that are on Lasix and struggle with carrying extra fluid weight around, I often recommend that they reduce their fluid intake um, anywhere from 40 to 60 ounces, which is uh, just a little less than what you know the average person should be taking in, which is about 64 ounces um, a day. Yeah, about- um, and, and so it, it can be a struggle for uh, some folks who suffer with heart failure, but um, when you work in conjunction with you know your cardiologist, I, I think we can manage it uh, fairly comfortably. Right. I know you do a lot of workups, and <clears throat> I know the when you fill out the forms about uh, all the different questions, they always talk about congenital. I mean, family history. Uh, that's that's part of the deal too, right, uh, Dr. Gandhi? You take a look at uh, familial history, and that is an indicator as well, right? Those who've had either cancer or some heart issues could be at risk as well for uh, for future problems, right? Absolutely. So, um, as you mentioned, you know, dilated cardiomyopathy. Mm. Um, there are a lot of um, studies out there investigating genetic uh, predisposition, uh, as we call it, to developing dilated cardiomyopathy. But certainly, on the more common end of uh, heart failure. Um, people who develop um, heart attacks and coronary artery disease, um, there is almost certainly a genetic component. And family history helps clue us into, you know, who may be at risk for developing coronary artery disease and heart attacks. Um, so it is really important to, you know, know um, what your family members have suffered from, um, and that can help us uh, in the medical community help our patients. Right. There's also a mental component, too, doctor, is that, you know, when you have this and you're trying to recover and your mind plays tricks on you, all of a sudden you have heartburn, you think you have a heart attack going in front. And after a while, you know, you just have to sort of learn to live with it a little bit, a little better. But in the beginning, it's really tough. I mean, the, you just the slightest little grab or or uh, pain, you, you, th- you think it's, oh, no. Uh, so you sort of have to, there's sort of a process to learn to live with the recovery and how to how to treat yourself as well. Stress, trying to manage your stress, that's got to be a big factor too, right? Down Absolutely. The line. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, depression, anxiety are right. common symptoms um, in patients who uh, are diagnosed with heart failure and live with heart failure and can certainly be very challenging and debilitating for our patients. Um, you know, I want to assure patients from a medical standpoint that um, heart failure is something you can live with um, and continue to do the things you want in your life. Um, and, and there are good treatments out there. Um, right. But, yeah, absolutely, you know, anytime I think any of us experience um, a brush with death, so to speak, you know, we reevaluate things. Maybe um, we're a little bit more sensitive to what our body's going through, and um, that can yeah. take some getting used to. Right, and as a part of the cardiology, and there's many different facets of it. I mean, I've had to be cleared by a cardiologist to get something else done, like um, I had my hip replaced a couple of years ago and i had to go to the cardiologist to get cleared and that, you probably have more than a few of those i mean you're not directly involved but uh there's some surgery of another type uh, and you have to you you're in the mix too right giving clearance and giving the other doctors that be doing this operations or doing some work some valuable information to guide them yeah so anytime any physical body uh, receives anesthetics or anesthesia right. um, that puts extra stress and strain on the physical body. 
Um, and we worry about how the heart is going to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if, you know, a patient suffers with heart failure or has had a history of coronary artery disease or really many other cardiac conditions, oftentimes, um, you know, surgeons and anesthesiologists will want to make sure that uh, the person is as optimized or as safe as possible uh, to undergo uh, whatever surgery is being planned. And so we do often see uh, patients prior to surgery and we'll follow them post-surgery just to make sure everything is as good as possibly can be. Sure thing. And yeah, also they they do the same work. If you're getting a colonoscopy or endoscopy, you're getting some uh, GI work as well. So they're got you covered pretty well. <clears throat> you seem like you're you show up a lot in a lot of different procedures that don't have the <clears throat> they don't they're not directly involved, but uh, you certainly have some input on what goes uh, later on to be sure. Yeah, we like working hand in hand with, you know, other providers that are are caring for patients out there to make sure that our patients are as safe and healthy as we like can them to help be. them be. You bet and uh, Dr. Nisha Gandhi, cardiologist at St. Mary at St. Mary Comprehensive Cardiology, talking congestive heart failure and passing a lot of information on. And uh, thanks a lot for taking the time, Doctor. I know you're. It's going to be pretty busy times there, so you're going to be on call all the time. And thanks a lot for taking the time to uh, give out the knowledge as well. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, Mr. Foxwell. And I, I just want to, um, you know tell listeners at this period of time that it is really scary, but um, I think yep. just uh, practicing good, uh, safe, healthy habits, and, and we'll get through this. Absolutely. That's, uh, yeah, you're in it for the, the long haul, that's for sure, and uh, we appreciate it so much, and hopefully we get a chance to do it again real soon. Thank you very much. All right, now, Dr. Nisha Gandhi, a lot of great information on the St. Mary Healthline. We do it, we do it Wednesdays at 9 o'clock here on WBCB. Follow 